Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. I'm super excited to be connecting with you an extra time this week. And like I said last week, this will likely be the last bonus episode of this little series. Again, I might do another episode next week, but it looks like we're just going to have a couple of engagements, a couple of breakups, and then a bunch of drama at the after the final rose. So unless there's something like a big substance that I can talk about in terms of what we can learn from the relationships, then I might do a bonus episode, but likely not because I think as the relationships kind of solidify, there's less to talk about because honestly, those relationships don't get shown as much because it's just not good TV, right? Anyways, so today we're going to talk about three different situationships. I'm going to give out a couple of patriarchy roses, and then I'll share a couple moments that I'm here for. It's a little bittersweet. I always love watching The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelor and all of those shows. But honestly, because Bachelor in Paradise starts right after The Bachelorette, it's a lot of TV time, more TV time than I'm used to. So I've been watching something on Monday night since mid-May. So I'm really excited to take the fall off to not be on my couch on Monday and Tuesday nights and do something else with that time. And of course, The Bachelor will be back before we know it in January with our dear, sweet little Peter. Sorry if you didn't know that, but I think everyone does at this point. And... Um, Yeah, so maybe I'll do some more bonus episodes for The Bachelor. Let me know if you like these episodes, then I might do a couple during the season. If you're not into them, then I probably won't. So let me know. Come over on Instagram and let me know. I'm Veronica E. Grant. Just send me a DM and let me know your thoughts. 
Okay, so let's get started with the first situationship. And this I'm actually going to compare two situationships, two relationships. So I want to compare Dean and Blake. Again, really quick recap. Dean told Kaylin that he just wasn't really interested in a commitment and he left her and she was really heartbroken in paradise. And then she met Connor, although that doesn't really have to do with what I'm going to talk about today. And then Dean shaves his mustache and he comes back to win Kaylin's heart and he tells her that he did a lot of thinking and he realized he was just acting like his dad and he was going in that direction and he was just running from intimacy and connection and he doesn't want to do that anymore and so he wants her to leave. And this is actually something that we saw last week on Paradise but that's basically what is going on. Blake on the other hand has just been poor little Blake. I mean he came off swinging at the beginning of the season. He had hooked up with multiple of the women. He was hitting on a lot of the women and he kind of became the villain and nobody really liked him. Nobody really trusted him. And so since then, he hasn't really had a real relationship. And so him and Christina this whole time have been giving each other friendship roses so that they could stay and maybe see who would come down the stairs the next week to maybe find love or find a relationship. But that hasn't happened for either one of them. And so it just dawns on Blake, oh my gosh, this person is sitting right in front of me. And now I need to go confess my love for her because it was right under my nose and I didn't realize it. We've never been all in together. And so now we've got to do it, blah, 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 right? It's pretty much everything pulled out of a rom-com. And I talked more about what he did last week. And so I want to compare the two because both of the men did grand gestures, but they did them in very different ways. And I'm speaking from experience, and I think a lot of women, though, can relate to this experience, and that is it's really easy to fall for grand gestures, right? Especially if you're feeling lonely, especially if you're feeling unlovable, especially if you're feeling not good enough when a man or someone that you want to be in a romantic partnership with does a grand gesture like that, it can really be like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is love. This is how I'm supposed to feel. But Dean and Blake approach both of these grand gestures from very different places. And they say a few key things that I want to point out so that if someone ever does a grand gesture or says just something like everything that you want to hear to you, I want you to be aware of what is a good thing and what might actually be a bouquet of red flags. So let's start with Dean because he's the one who I'm on team Dean, right? For comparing Dean and Blake. Dean comes back and he owns all of his mistakes. He takes responsibility for his previous actions. He's aware that there's a pattern in his family that's resulting from his mother's death and how his father reacted and wasn't really available for him. He's aware how that is now being perpetuated or how he's perpetuating that pattern. He knows he's hurt Kalen. He's apologized. He's taking responsibility for his past trauma. And what most importantly is that he's willing to work on his issues and he wants to do that with Kalen or he doesn't necessarily want to do that single. And when I was watching Dean, I really believed him. I really do think he's done a lot of soul searching. I think also, if I'm not mistaken, after the final rose on the first Bachelor in Paradise season he was on, I think he talked about therapy and going to therapy. I could be totally wrong on this, but I think I'm right. And so 
My point is, is that he's doing his homework. He's taking responsibility. And honestly, if I were Kaylin, I probably would have said, yes, please take me off and to your van and to the sunset. But I would say, but the stipulation is I really want to make sure that you're in therapy and you're doing this work because you're going to get triggered as we go more serious. And I'm not your therapist. I'm not your mother. And I need you to be responsible for your own past trauma because I can't be responsible for that. And there is a very big difference between being a supportive partner and being empathetic and supporting your partner to grow and holding that space for your partner's growth, that's a very different thing than being your partner's mother or being your partner's therapist. And so if I was Kaylin, I would make that stipulation if I was going to be leaving paradise with him and pursuing a relationship. But all in all, I think Dean said all of the right things. I do think he has awareness of what's going on. And I do think that he is going to work on it. And I just hope that he doesn't make Kaylin his mother or his therapist. I don't think he will because he does seem to have that emotional maturity and that emotional awareness, but who knows? I would have articulated it, but who knows? Maybe it was articulated, you know, and there was editing and we didn't see it. That's what I would say. Blake, on the other hand, he is just one poor, poor puppy. He hasn't taken hardly any responsibility for his actions. And he seems to think that any kind of good thing that he does, or at least any not wrong thing he does, makes it makes the past things that he's done okay, or makes them go away. And so he kind of feels like, you know, enough time has passed. I haven't really messed up. I haven't really done anything wrong lately. So I deserve this. I deserve love. I deserve to have my happiness and my happy story in paradise too. And he's kind of taking that approach. He's kind of taking like, I'm a victim here. Like paradise did not go the way I wanted it to go. And he's not happy about that. And he hasn't once taken responsibility of, oh, maybe he actually created this. Maybe he slept with multiple women in one weekend. And while people are certainly allowed to do that because people can do what they want with their bodies and their sexuality and their relationships and all of those things. He hasn't taken responsibility for the emotions and feelings of the other people involved. And that's where he continues to really lack emotional awareness, emotional maturity that Dean has displayed with Kaylin. And so he comes in and he's all of a sudden, you know, storybook like, oh my gosh, Christine has been in front of me this whole time. And so he pulls out this grand gesture. He makes up a fake date card and he goes up to like the treehouse or the Palapa or I don't know, somewhere in the Paradise Beach. And he creates like a bunch of candles and he has like some food and rose petals, which seems to be like his only trick. And he wants to woo Christina. He wants to let her know that he's there for her, that he's really serious and all of these things. But Christina's not really buying it. And honestly, I don't really blame her. And I think had Blake pulled more of a Dean where he actually expressed, yeah, this is why I think I've been doing those past things. And this is where I'm going to take responsibility. And this is why I care about you. And this is why I want you to be a part of it. I think it could have opened up the door a little bit for Christina to connect with him. I mean, who knows, maybe Christina is just simply not into Blake. But I do think at one point, both in Paradise and before Paradise, I do think she had feelings for him. I, I do think that when Blake was talking to the other women in paradise and Christina was just trying to pretend they were just friends, I do think she was hiding her emotions for him. So I do think she liked him. And I think Blake just really messed it up because he wasn't actually doing anything or saying anything that was going to 
promise to Christina that he was going to be different or that he was going to do better. He took no responsibility for his actions. He never really apologized. And honestly, the way he displayed his love for Christina isn't really realistic on what it takes to really have intimacy and trust and connection. I think Blake is romantic at heart. And so I think he sees all of these things on The Bachelor or rom-coms or what he thinks romance and love is supposed to look like. And he's really good at creating that. Like he's very good. And I think he likes that stuff. And I think any genuine relationship he is in, I think will include a lot of those kind of romantic gestures, because I just think that's kind of the person that he is. But for him, until he does some work on himself, he is only going to be able to take relationships that far. And when he's only able to take a relationship that far, the other woman is going to be kind of like, uh, what is this? I don't understand. Like, where is this coming from? This is all coming out of left field. It doesn't seem real because in some ways it's not really real. Okay. So Blake needs a therapist, needs a therapist. We all need therapists or coaches, I believe, but, um, Blake definitely needs to work through some of his stuff. He definitely needs to, um, take responsibility for his actions. He needs to really have someone. I was listening to a, another bachelor recap episode and they were saying how, he needs to get a therapist who can like do a game tape with them. You know how football players do. They look at their game tapes so they can learn. And someone needs to do that with him with Bachelor in Paradise so he can learn all the ways that he messed up. I totally agree. I think it's hilarious. Um, but basically, if someone swoons you the way Dean does and actually takes responsibility, um, then I think you can definitely pursue that relationship. I think that if someone like Blake swoons you and it feels like, where is this coming from? Do you really even know me? Or is he saying anything real? Or is he taking any responsibility? I think those are all huge, huge red flags. Now, to be totally clear, neither Dean or Blake can't promise their respective women that they'll never hurt them or that it'll be happily ever after because that's not something that they're able to promise. So it's not like, Caitlin is in a safe situation. I mean, I think she is in a safe situation in terms I don't think Dean's going to intentionally hurt her. But you know, the relationship cannot work out for any number of reasons. And so just because someone is doing all of the right things doesn't mean it's 100% guaranteed that you're going to get engaged or married or that it's going to be a forever relationship. You know, we really don't have any of those guarantees really in any situation, I believe. So I think it is important to separate okay, this seems to be an emotionally available relationship versus like, can this person guarantee that this is it, that this is the real thing, that there'll never be a heartbreak or we'll never break up or whatever it is. And I think it's really hard to promise that. So the next situation ship that I'm going to talk about is Demi and Christian. And I really love this conversation because they got in a little bit of a I don't know if it's an argument because they didn't really fight, but it was just a little bit of a disagreement. Demi was upset with something that Christian was doing, and it could have definitely turned into a not so great situation, a nasty argument. But instead, Christian and Demi had a super mature conversation about how they were each feeling and were able to work it out. And so I want to kind of paint a picture of what they did, but more so in a way where you can use this information to have a mature conversation with someone that you're in partnership with that you might be in a disagreement or feel hurt by. So basically, really quickly, Demi was feeling upset because Christian is a very touchy-feely person and she was always putting her hands on her friend's shoulders or hugging her friends and just really always, you know, just a touchy-feely person. You know, some people are more touchy-feely, some people aren't. Demi seems to not be a touchy-feely person, whereas 
Christian seems to be a touchy-feely person. And Demi was feeling really uncomfortable, and she was also feeling uncomfortable because she doesn't like PDA, PDA and wouldn't feel comfortable giving Christian that same level of PDA affection in public. And so then she was worried that she wouldn't be able to give Christian what she needed, and she was upset and maybe feeling a little jealous with the PDA and affection she was in a, in a platonic sense with her other female friends. And that's really what the whole situation was, right? And so basically, this could have gone in a really bad way, right? Christian could have immediately gotten on the defensive when Demi brought this up to her. She could have immediately said something like, well, Demi, you're just being so sensitive. Or what are you crazy? Of course, I only like you. You think I can't put my hand on another woman's shoulder or whatever, right? It could have definitely have gone in that way if she didn't have the emotional maturity to actually take in what Demi was feeling, process it, and then have an adult conversation about it. And so what they actually do in their conversation mirrors what I believe to be a, or follows really what I believe to be a pretty healthy conversation. So Christian mirrors Demi, she validates Demi, and then she empathizes with Demi. Mirrors basically means she repeats back what she's hearing to make sure that she's clear on what Demi is upset about and not making up some story or taking kind of some, taking some of the words that Demi is saying, but not all of the words and then construing it into her own thing about what Demi is upset about. So she mirrors Demi. So if you're ever in a disagreement or an argument with your partner, I think what's really nice is to actually mirror the other person and say, I hear you. It sounds like you're upset about da 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 da. Because that makes the other person feel heard and validated. And just that act alone can just kind of help people take their walls down or lay down the weapons, so to speak. So it doesn't turn into a nasty, destructive argument. The next thing she does is Christian actually validates Demi and she empathizes with Demi. She says, yeah, I totally get how you feel. Like you're allowed to feel like this. And actually I was exactly where you were a few years ago when I was first coming out. And it was really uncomfortable to be seen having PDA with other women because I was afraid of what other people would think. So I totally get it. And what I really love about this is because they go through these three steps of mirroring each other, validating each other, and empathizing with each other. And they do that and they come to a, I don't know if it's an agreement, but they just come to realize how much they care for each other and how much they want to be with each other. And neither person really had to back down with how they feel or what kind of person they are. Christian never said, okay, fine, I'm just not going to be a touchy-feely person anymore because you don't like that, right? Well, that's who that's who Christian is, and it wouldn't be fair for her to say that, that she's just never not going to be a touchy-feely person because that's just how she naturally communicates with other people and shows her love for her friends. And Demi never said, okay, well, I'm just going to be more comfortable with PDA. I'm just going to do it more for you. She never says that. Now, she does go into a further conversation around how she's just really nervous and scared about how she's going to be judged by other people. And when this goes on TV, how all these people are going to be judging her. And she just feels really self-conscious for being affectionate with a woman. And so there's definitely a little bit of that coming out. It's not just simply PDA that she's uncomfortable with, but it's specifically PDA with a woman. And my guess is this sounds like it might be Demi's first queer relationship. And it was just a really beautiful conversation. If you're, if you do want to see a really healthy disagreement in a relationship, I highly recommend watching this conversation on Bachelor in Paradise. I can't say that for many conversations in Bachelor in Paradise, but definitely this one just demonstrated a really beautiful 
beautiful conversation between two people who clearly love each other and are very passionate about each other. And there was some real hurt and some real disagreement. And they both came to the other side of the argument or the disagreement without having to back down who each who each of the individual people were and also without shooting down the other person in order to make themselves feel better. Okay, the final situation ship that I'm going to talk just a little bit about, I'm going to talk about it in the light of JPJ and Taisha, but I think it really applies to all of the couples. Um, but basically, the whole premise of Bachelor in Paradise is they live on this beach for a few weeks, they all couple up and find who they want to be with. And then at the end of Paradise, Chris Harrison, the host, comes back onto the show and he basically says, okay, so now it's time to have the conversations of what you're going to do. Are you going to part your separate ways or are you going to go into the fantasy suites? And with the fantasy suites, there's a lot of pressure and conversation around, are we getting engaged? Are we not getting engaged? And sometimes there's a third option where some people just decide, we're going to leave the beach. We're not going to go to the fantasy suites because we're definitely not getting engaged, but we don't want to break up right now. That's been a theme on some previous seasons of Bachelor in Paradise, but for whatever reason, that has not been a conversation for this season. I don't know if it was not shown as an option or whatever, but basically it's like, are you breaking up or are you getting engaged? So yeah, that's a lot of pressure on a relationship. And so I just want to talk a little bit about it and specifically JBJ and Taisha. Now, I have really mixed feelings about JBJ because in the, these two episodes this week, he was just so charming. He was so sweet. He was so cute with Taisha. But oh my gosh, his behavior the previous weeks has been terrible. So I even hate talking about him in such a charming light this week because he's been so terrible. But we'll see if he redeems himself or apologizes at all in, after the final rose next week. Anyways, with Taisha, he is just so enamored by her. He is in love with her. I actually think he might even say he's in love with her and he wants to marry her. And he makes this clear. He says, I can't wait to dance with you at our wedding at our wedding one day. And Taisha, when he says this, her whole face just drops. And I think Taisha really, really cares for JPJ. I think she was surprised by him. I think she is trying to convince herself, no, JPJ is not the right person. He's crazy. He talks like a surfer. He looks like Heath Ledger. (laughs) He wears Speedos all the time. Like, who is this person? But she can't help how she feels. And I think she truly does have a lot of emotion, a lot of feelings for him. But I also think she's not quite ready to get engaged. And so for some reason on the show, they kind of made it seem like you had to break up or go to the fantasy suites, presumably to get engaged. And that third option of just leaving together as a couple, but not in the fantasy suite scenario, just didn't really seem to be discussed. I don't know why, because I think that a lot of times, well, I think that would have been better for JPJ and Tasha. And here's what I want to talk about it. A lot of times we can put so much pressure on a relationship or on ourselves. And I'm especially hearing this from my clients who are in their mid to late 30s and they really want to have a child and to have a family one day. And they really ideally would like to do that with a partner. And so they just put so much pressure and it can go one of two ways. It can go one of a way of just trying to make something work that maybe is best to not work. And the other way that it can happen is that it just puts so much pressure that you're unable to get where you think you need to be in a certain amount of time. And then the relationship just kind of implodes on itself. And I think this is exactly what happened with JPJ and Taisha. Obviously, 
Bachelor in Paradise is not a normal situation, and it was very much artificial pressure put on by the producers and the show. But I think in a lot of ways, you know, in our own little paradise worlds, we put a lot of that same kind of pressure on ourselves, even though we don't have producers following us around everywhere with cameras. And so I think this is a good reminder that sometimes relationships just need some space to breathe. And yes, I know that we feel like we're always on a timeline, and especially if you're feeling your biological clock ticking. I think it can be really easy to be like, okay, is this going to work? Is it 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 going to work? And then the relationship most of the time doesn't work or it's a relationship that ultimately probably is better to not work, but you're trying to make it work and you end up wasting a lot of time in that relationship trying to make it work. And it's really just hard to win that way. And so I think this is the same for some other relationships. I think this is the same for um, Clay and Nicole. I think that Nicole is really, really into Clay. I think Clay likes Nicole. And I personally, if I'm betting woman, I think they're going to break up before the engagement. I think they're going to break up at some point during the fantasy suites, or he might even take her all the way to the engagement platform and then be like, "Ah, sorry, can't do it. Not really sure, but I think that the pressure is really getting to him and just saying, it's not that I want, don't want to be with you. It's just that I don't want to be engaged to you right now because he just needs some space to breathe in the relationship. And on the totally other hand, we've got Chris and Katie and Katie basically just convinced Chris not to break up with her when I'm pretty sure he wanted to break up with her. And I think that's a case of the pressure going the opposite way, which I was talking about, which is trying to make something work, which would probably be better if it just wasn't, if they weren't together. I like Chris. I think he's definitely redeemed himself from all of his previous seasons of being on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and blah, blah, blah. And I think Katie is so fun. I think she's so awesome. I loved her on Colton's season. I think she didn't get enough airtime there. So I'm glad she's getting more airtime here on Bachelor in Paradise. But I do think there's a lot of pressure on Chris specifically to try to make this relationship work because this is like his, I don't know, sixth or seventh show and he came out of retirement to be on the show to meet someone and of course there's the pressure from the producers and just the show itself and this is an example of when maybe it would be better just to end the relationship save your emotions save your time and go find a better fitting person okay so those are the three situationships and now I want to give out a couple of patriarchy roses and I've got two patriarchy roses to give out and one if you watch the episode you know I'm going to say something about this and that is old Matt Donald. So Matt Donald was a night oneer on Hannah season and he had such a cute little intro to him getting out of the limo. He had like an old song or he had the old McDonald song because his name is Matt Donald, which sounds kind of like McDonald. And he was so funny and he had a really great intro package. His entire family is deaf or maybe his parents. No, I think his entire family is deaf except for him. So really interesting background. Also really cute limo scene or whatever on Hannah's season of The Bachelorette. And so he gets the Bachelor in Paradise and I'm super excited. Like, oh my gosh, we get to see more of this sweet guy who, for whatever reason, didn't make it through the first night of The Bachelorette. And then he's kind of weird because he's talking about his mom a lot. Like, oh man, my mom's going to be so mad at me for kissing all these women. But then he says some really, really shady things. So he's in a little bit of a love triangle between him and Sydney and Brie. Sydney is, I think one of the most mature, awesome people on 
the whole season this this year, but she gets hardly any airtime, and I think that's because she's probably the most emotionally mature and together person. She doesn't create a lot of good TV, so I think that's why she doesn't get a lot of airtime. So I really like her. She seems really smart, really down to earth. And then there's Brie, who is a model, and she was on Colton's season, and she pretended to have an Australian accent, which is really weird, but whatever. Anyways, he goes, Matt Donald had gone on a date with both of them. And so before the rose ceremony, he's like, all right, who am I giving the rose to? Sydney or am I giving the rose to Brie? And he basically, he says this to the camera. He says, you know, Sydney and I really get each other. We can have deep intellectual conversations. And Brie, she's a supermodel. And ultimately he gives the rose to Brie and when Sydney is going home in the limo that night or the van that night she basically says yeah Brie's gonna break up with him tomorrow she's not that and she's not gonna stay with him she's not that interested in him and the whole next morning they have they're talking to Matt and Matt's like yeah you know I felt really bad but ultimately I woke up knowing that I made the right decision blah 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 so we could so we went for the supermodel so then they sit down and they have the conversation are we going home or are we having or or are we going to the fantasy suites and maybe talking about engagement and mind you they've only been dating for a few days this is bachelor in paradise timeline he also says something about her being a supermodel once again so it's kind of like oh that supermodel thing and brie says you know i think you actually made a mistake by giving me the rose last night you know, I'm, I want someone who sees me for more than just being a model. So I just don't think this is going to work. And she leaves and they both leave from the beach. I am giving Matt a huge patriarchy rose because he really treated both of these women really, really poorly. I think both of them dodged a bullet. So I'm not sad that ultimately Sydney and him aren't together because I think he it wasn't even that he thought Brie was hot I'm sure he did think Brie was hot but it was more of like what he made it mean for him to have a supermodel girlfriend at the end of this which is something that he talked about a lot so I'm just giving him a patriarchy rose I thought his whole attitude towards this was really gross I thought it was really gross that he ultimately went with the model or the supermodel as he calls her over someone that he actually had an intellectual conversation or intellectual connection with I'm also giving him a um, patriarchy rose for objectifying Brie to only being a model. And I was like standing up doing the slow clap, like so happy for Brie when she put him in his place, because we know this happens a lot on The Bachelor. Like this is not something that is the first time where someone has really picked a person based on how his dick feels about someone. But it is the first time that I can remember where a, it was so obviously expressed. And then B, where the woman was like, yeah, you're not going to date me just because you think I'm hot or because I'm a model. So huge props to Brie and huge patriarchy rose to old Matt Donald. And the other patriarchy rose goes to this much shorter story is Blake, because he kept saying like, she's the mother of my children, my wife going into my life. Like he's just me, 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 what will make me happy, what will fit into my life. And I just think that whole concept of mother of my children is so like, it's like reminds me of that patriarchal notion of like men just wanting to spread their seed and as far and wide as possible. And it's really gross, not interested. And he's going to get a big old patriarchy rose for that. 
Okay, so a couple of moments I'm here for. I was really here for the prom date with JPJ and Tasha. I thought it was so cute. I think they're so cute together. I think it's so clear how bored they are on the beach, and I love their creativity and finding fun things to do to entertain themselves other than drink drinks, eat food, and make out. And I'm really here for Demi and Christian's relationship. And not just that, and it's not just because, oh, Bachelor is showing a queer relationship, which is a big deal in of itself, considering how white and how heteronormative the show is. But what I'm really happy about, and what I think is really interesting, and honestly, even something I've never thought about it, so I'm really appreciative that I'm being educated and informed on this, is it's not just coming out for Demi that has brought up a lot of anxiety, but it's also actually holding hands with Christian in public or having their arms around each other or kissing and what people will be thinking or just will they be judging her for this girl on girl affection. And I think potentially the same thing can happen with interracial couples like, oh, are people judging us? Are they thinking about us? And I think this is what Demi is also going through as well. And so I'm really glad that the show brought up this conversation and that they highlighted that this was something that Demi was going through because it's definitely something that I would have never thought about um, before because I don't have that experience of being in queer relationships. And so I'm really here for that moment. And I'm really glad that they did that. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this episode. I'm going to share some other episodes on the Love Life Connection podcast that I think will also further drive home some of the points and lessons that this week of Bachelor in Paradise episodes can teach you. So the first episode is episode 115, and it's how to know or how to know to stay or leave in a relationship. And so this goes into the conversation of maybe if you take some of the pressure off, it can actually lighten the load a little bit and give you some clarity about whether or not you should stay or leave. So that's episode 115. And then episodes 139 and 160, I think, are great episodes to listen to if you kind of fall into the Blake camp where you're like, well, what is a rela- what is a real relationship supposed to look like? Or what is it supposed to feel like? Or what happens after that first, second, or third date? So episode 139 is how to know what a healthy relationship looks like with Joanne. And episode 160 is what nobody will tell you about what relationships are really like. And that is a conversation between me and my friend Sarah Jane Case, who runs the Instagram account Enneagram and Coffee. So make sure you check that out. And then episode 143 also in that same vein is how to get over the fear of being vulnerable with Bailey. So if you find yourself kind of going through the motions of dating, but not really able ever to get over that hump of when a relationship quote unquote actually starts, then this will be a really great episode for you to listen to. All of these episodes are linked up in the show notes. So make sure you go to your podcast player to get the show notes and then you can get all to all the episodes. You can also just scroll down on your podcast player and look for episode 115, episode 139, 143, and 160. Or you can also type in veronicagrant.com forward slash episode and then the number of the episode and find them that way. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will be back in your earbuds this coming Thursday with a brand new coaching episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. 
Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.